Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on an episode, Michael Jordan. Did you like that one? Seriously? Can we just say the number? Like, it's got to be like something special every time. It does. This is just, hey, you had record of the week. Let me have my number of the episode. Okay. All right. So Orlando's number of the episode, for those of you who aren't basketball fans and don't know what Michael Jordan's number is, what would that be? 23. 23. Episode 23. There we go. I can't believe we're here. And we're almost closer to our 25th anniversary conspiracy episode. Ooh, conspiracy episode. So that if you have, it is, it's going to be so good. And, and maybe there's been some Easter eggs we've been dropping on Instagram about it. Easter. That, that's a, <laughs> what? another conspiracy. What are you? Okay. I now that, that came out of nowhere. Easter eggs? You never heard that before? I, that, I have. That's but, like game. Like, but I'm like in Thanksgiving Christmas mode. If you're talking Easter eggs. No, no, but like, you know, like like people when they make video games or like people when they write books, they'll leave Easter eggs. So it's like little hidden hidden messages that like you have to like know to look for certain ways. And it's like that's what like the conspiracy theorists are looking for is like Easter eggs. That's what they're ah, calling. Okay. Yeah, so like hard. so we've been dropping little Easter eggs. Maybe not we, because you didn't even know what they were. So. Okay, but if you have any ideas, real quick before we jump into our episode, make sure to contact us. DMs on Pure Podcast on Instagram, Pure Cast on Twitter. Email us, Pure Podcast at gmail.com. Call us, 619-738-1170. And on YouTube, maybe leave comments below. So subscribe and like and let us know what conspiracy ideas you want to talk about. Now, these Reselling. Have to be, yes, yeah, let's be clear. We want to talk about reselling conspiracy. The earth being flat and going to the moon. If it doesn't relate to reselling, we're not going to talk about it. True. But if it's about throttling merchandise, whether it's about like Amazon has a plot to rule the world, you know, mm. item, well, the Is reselling it a flat world. world or around We're world. not going there. Reselling. Anyways, share us your ideas because episode 25 will be our conspiracy episode. Dun, dun, dun. I think it'll be great because in the middle of all the crazies in Q4, You'll have a we'll have a light episode for people to think about. Or is maybe it light or is it gonna it be won't like, be light? I was gonna say it'll be like pretty intense. And if we don't ever have an episode after that, you'll know that they came after oh us. My. They. They. Okay, target. All right, anyways. <laughs> all right, hey. So this episode, I want to talk about are we growing as resellers? That's a good one. And I wanna just say that because we're approaching Mike's six month anniversary as a reseller. Whoop whoop. Right? And I reflection mean, is important, right? Like you always have to be reflecting on on where you were, where you are now, if you plan to move forward. Right? Yeah, and this episode applies to everyone. I mean, I'm going to be talking about experienced resellers and new resellers. But I know we have a lot of new re- listeners that are you know super brand new. And, you know, there's things that you can look at to evaluate. Like, hey, am I growing as a reseller? And there's ways you can evaluate, like, am I failing as a reseller, right? Just things to think about. So. Yeah, because growth is important. And I feel like I don't know if I've ever met anybody that's doing the kind of thing we're doing that, like, cares about hustling that feel like they've made it to the place where they don't want to grow anymore. Where they're like, no, this is enough. Like, I just want to stay exactly where I'm at from here on out. Like, I feel like most people want to grow and keep moving forward. I, I would hope so. Yeah, so if you're experienced, you've been doing this for 10 years. Um, you're probably not thinking like, nope, I'm good. I don't ever want to make more money than I'm making now or spend less time than I'm spending now. Like, we always want to grow. So reflection is part of that. But I think they're still growing in that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm getting the mic look. He gives it like, but 
That's what I'm talking about is growing. Like everybody wants to grow. Yeah, but it doesn't what are you saying it doesn't mean just more money? No, I mean that's part of it, but like I I what I'm saying is I don't think people ever like make it and just stop. And no, I you get can't that. stagnate. But what right? I want to say is like growth may necessarily not be connected to making more money. It could be your mind. No, be your emotions. Well, no, but it could be it could be like changing your lifestyle through reselling, right? It could be like you've done reselling to a point where you're not working as hard your first year, right? Which kind of ties into the first thing we want to talk about is like burnout, right? Reseller burnout's real. Have you have you burned out already? Nope, I don't burn out. I keep going. Oh come on now, close. You haven't had one single day in the six months where you're like. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm tired of sourcing. I'm tired of listing. Yeah, there's definitely days where it's like, I don't want to do this today, um, which I feel like, I know you've got this thing. What is it? No rest until December. What, December 17th, 18th, 18th, which I, I hope that's the right day, but yeah. that's like the last day I want to send things into Amazon. Yeah, see, I I feel like I don't have that exact same mindset. I'm I'm okay with taking a day every week, right? Or, or. Sometimes go a couple weeks with none and then a week where I take two days kind of, of, of rest. But um, so there are definitely times where it's like, okay, now's the time where I need to take a rest day so I don't burn out or so that I'm more productive tomorrow. Uh, but as far as like overall burnout, oh man, because I've, my wife said something to me that stuck with me. It was like, I've got all the motivation I need and, and he's up there sleeping in his crib, right? Like I've got a son uh, and mm-hmm. I want to make enough money to change, you know, my lifestyle and his lifestyle and, and free up time that we can be with him. And that, that helps to avoid burnout, I think, having the right motivation. But I think dealing with burnout is part of growth. Oh, for sure. So maybe, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I don't know. There's no stats. You know, it's kind of like in teaching, there needs to be this number, like, I don't know, 40 or 50% mm-hmm. of teachers burn out within the first year or five years. Oh, yeah. In the first five years, most new teachers are, maybe not most, many new teachers are gone. Yeah, and I think the stats have changed. I think they revised it to like 10 or 17%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and not to get too much into what we used, what I used to do, but, you know, first year was brutal. Oof. Brutal as a teacher. Can't even explain it. But I think it's the same thing as, as a reseller, mm. right? Because... You know, first of all, you don't have that pipeline. Yep. All right. Second of all, you don't have that capital. Experience. And yeah. And then knowledge. All that. And then you don't really know like how much work mm. it's going to take. I think, would you say that it's more work than you expected? Oh, yeah. 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 Fun. Yeah. For talk, sure. talk that out a little bit. Um, you know, like first few items listing. Well, one, I remember I've told this story before, but I think it's, it's you know, where I started was can I make enough money to buy this drone over the summer? Right? Like I wanted like an extra few hundred bucks. That's all I wanted. And you're like, yeah, you could do that easy. No problem over the summer. And you know, my mindset was, okay, it's going to be a couple hours a week of work, which it probably would have been if that's all I wanted to do that summer was just make that much money. Uh, But you know, when you've only got five items to list on eBay and so you list those five items and you spend a lot of time waiting, you kind of get the mindset, the idea that most of reselling is just waiting. But as I've been picking up and trying to build a pipeline and sourcing, you know, multiple times a week, listing multiple times a week, taking pictures, cross platforms, like there's very little waiting and a lot of hustling. I get it. And so that's part of, I think, one of the ways you get able to determine growth. You recognize that. Mm. 
like you see that because you know when you're first reselling like you watch somebody on YouTube and you're mm. like oh I could do that right or you listen to a podcast or you see an Instagram post and you're like oh I could do that yeah and especially because most people like we, we talked about it before and it's kind of a common thing like on social media, people usually put the best of their life out, right? Like the best of the best makes it onto social media. And because of that, it can give people like either false sense of hope or the idea that they're not, they can't make it. Because if every post you see is somebody buying something for a dollar and selling it for a thousand dollars, and that's I don't not, think we've posted that yet. No, no, I well, can't no, wait. No, we haven't. <laughs> but you know, you see that all the time by people. And yeah. so, like, if that's all you see, one, it can make you think like, oh, this is so easy. I just walk into a thrift store and I'm going to walk out with an item I could sell for a thousand bucks. Or you get discouraged because you've been doing it for a while and you're not finding those huge sales. And I think that it's it's just self-awareness, like mm-hmm. understanding that, hey, as I'm growing as a reseller, like things aren't just going to fall into my lap. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to be that easy. But at the same time, you know, the more I'm consistently out there, like the more I'm gonna land on these opportunities, right? And it and it takes me back to, I remember how, this takes me way back. So before I really got into reselling, I used to do rummage sales. I don't think I've ever shared this with you. So what's that, a what's a rummage sale? A rummage sale is where you well, it's it's kind of thing like swap meet. Oh, okay. Okay, but so in this area where I lived, you know, the neighborhood where I lived, mm-hmm. there was, you know where the Goodwill's at, right? Because yep. you've gone to my Goodwill. Hey, you don't own that Goodwill. Are you sure? Yeah, maybe. But did, if you did do. I, did I ever tell you the story? I'll share with you off. No, I, so. Did you buy the Goodwill? No, no, no. What, what cracked me up was that, like, people had said, hey, your buddy went through here, but he missed this and this and this. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I cracked me up. So, See, like, they knew the, that I was there, and they said what I missed? They did, yeah. They said, hey, Orlando, Mike didn't pick this up and this up. This is probably something you should pick up. You know, I think the only time I was in there, though, was, like, a really, really fast, like, I didn't have time to look at a lot of things, because I, I probably would have found them. Probably it just, not. It just cracked me up, because then, like, Mike was in my territory. I was in your territory, but obviously I didn't pick up all the good stuff. Yeah, there was which, some good stuff you missed. Are you going to share with me later what those things were? So I'll share, I, well, next time I don't miss them? You miss some cool pants. Cool K-U-H-L. So they're like hiking pants and they're new with tags. Check them out. They're good money. Hmm. You missed out. That's a bolo for you guys. Bolo. And for me. Go. Not even our update episode. All right. So going back to the story. So How much sales? So Okay. So I went through this period of time where I did the uh, Dave Ramsey's financial piece. Mm. And, you know, I was about 30K in debt. And I was trying to do everything I can, I could to get myself out of that debt. So one of the things before I had started eBay, well, I did eBay. Here's what's crazy. I did eBay, but I didn't do the math. Like, mm. So I'd go to these rummage sales, and I remember it was on this parking lot, and I had to pay $10. It wasn't bad. I paid $10 for my spot. And it was a Saturday morning. Think about this. I'm doing this on Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 10. Mm. Let me replay that. I'm doing this on Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 10. What is wrong with that? Well, that's uh, definitely the golden hour for buying stuff at uh, garage sales. Okay. So so you're selling at this time instead of buying. I'm selling. Okay. And I'm selling at a rummage sale. And I would have to get everything from my house, stuff it in my car, set up early, and just sit out there all day. 
And the problem was that everybody that showed up, well, they're not paying top dollar. No, they want a deal so they can flip it on eBay. That's what they wanted. Like, I remember all these My Little Ponies I had that, you know, were, were for my daughter. Like, they, I, I wanted, like, three bucks a piece, and everybody was lowballing me, and I was just so frustrated. Like, why mm. are they doing that? Well, I, I wasn't, you know, this was new. I wasn't, mm. I wasn't growing as a resource. Like, I didn't get it. And I remember Goodwill wasn't there yet. And there was rumor that they're shutting down the rummage sales. And everybody was like, oh, darn Goodwill, like, you know, taking us out of business. Like those Walmart documentaries, like Goodwill comes in and shuts down. <laughs> no, it's like big box store Goodwill is showing up. <laughs> and everybody was pretty upset. And I was upset too. Like, oh, I'm going to lose this income. And seriously, Mike, I was only making like 80 to 100 a Saturday. Hmm. Right. And, you know, on Saturdays, we make far more than that now. Yeah. Right. And so I remember I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of like there was so much more out there. Like I was in the infant stages of reselling. And so they shut it down, the rummage sale, and then I started doing eBay slowly. And this goodwill was probably there for a good year till I finally showed up. And now that's like one of your honey holes. It is, but it's not the honey hole it used to be. Mm. Like there was a time where you seriously could go there every day and I probably could have made two to three hundred every day. What do I, you think? What, what what has changed with it? Why is it not? Have more resellers found it? Or? More resellers have found it and Goodwill does a lot of eBay stuff. Like mm -hmm. the not the eBay, but their own Goodwill auction site, whatever it is. So a lot of the stuff gets sent out there. Come right. on, Goodwill. Yeah, well, Help us out, man. Well, they're a business too. I That's mean, true. anyways, this isn't gonna be a Goodwill rant episode. But I, I say all that. I say all that because I needed to experience that shift to grow as a reseller. Mm. Like, I, I wouldn't have, and I didn't want that unexpected shift. You know, like, I had to get removed from the rummage sale. Then I had to walk into the store that I hated. And then over time, like, I recognized, like, I have to do hard work. And mm. part of that hard work is being at that store every single day. Mm. Right. And once I started doing that, it was crazy as the stuff I'd come across. Uh, you know, I'd fall, I'd find all kinds of items that I would pay, you know, five, 10 bucks for, and I'd be able to flip for a hundred. Part of that, I'm sure, besides just the, the profit you were making being there, um, the amount of work you put in there probably helped you gain a ton of knowledge on what was worth buying and what wasn't. Because I feel like I learned that when I first started reselling was, I would spend forever at a garage sale or at a thrift store. And then over time, you start to learn what's good and what's not. And so you spend less time, which allows you to spend the time on the weird and unique stuff that you're not sure about. Well, that helps you avoid burnout too, yeah. right? Because as you're growing as a reseller, I think one of the signs are you recognize how to get out of burnout, hmm. right? Like you said, you begin to expand what you're going to sell or you try to find different ways of sourcing. So one of the hard things, and this is now I'm speaking as an experienced reseller, was when I went full time, like things got boring pretty fast. Hmm. Right? Because, you know, before I was like, oh, I can't wait to get to this thrift store on Monday sure. and on Wednesday on Friday. Well, I could hit all those stores in one day now. So then what do I do? Yeah, for the rest of the week. So what do you what are you doing to avoid burnout? Because I mean that's a good thing to consider is is some of our listeners um are like me, where they're only able to do reselling kind of part-time as it were. And so there's, I don't want to say excitement still, but there's, there's kind of a certain amount of, it's a limited amount of time. 
there's probably way more you want to do than you have time to do. So you're busy all the time. There's not boredom. So, so if you do go full-time, what, what can you do to avoid burnout or, or being bored? Well, I think, I think one of them is expanding where you source. Mm. You know, I had previously, I was very much a thrift store person, right? So, you know, the thrift store that, you know, my honey hole or mm. my, my store, or whatever, like that was a consistent everyday thing. Then there were certain stores that I like to go on Wednesday nights because that was the only time I had. Mm. But now that I could go every day, I had different options now, right? So I began to look at outlets and I began to go to stores that I enjoyed, you know, merchandise from. And then I recognized that if I went on certain, you know, three-day weekends or if I grabbed certain coupons, I could pick up a lot of cool stuff. And then I came across... Uh, other kind of discount stores that I hadn't thought about going and I would find all these toys that I would never have found before. Mm. So there's always something fresh. Like, And then I would say one of the biggest things this summer was Marshall hmm. and, and like TJ Maxx and those stores. And, uh, you know, I know some people are like, oh, I can't believe you said the store, but I'm telling everybody knows about Marshall's, right? Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the secret's been out of the bag for a while. And it's sad, but, you know... But it's another one. You know what I mean? So I can go from being excited about finding certain thrift items, like some shoes or shirts, whatever, or I can go to the outlets and be excited about that, right? We talked last episode about that dopamine rush that we get yep. in reselling, right, when you find things. It's the same thing. It's just it's just different. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, we haven't done a ton of, of retail arbitrage. I mean, kind of we had that talk where, you know, my wife and I were like, ninjas going to the store trying to yeah. get as many items as we could that's exciting um but then also like we went to a store at an outlet and we dropped you know like a thousand dollars on clothes to resell on posh has that pan panned out yeah has pretty good out? pretty good yeah um have you made your money back so far oh yeah 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 we oh made that's money awesome back, yeah. so now we're in the now we're in the green right where money coming in is profit okay but that's evidence of you growing as a reseller yeah. right so tell me what led to you making that call because initially I remember you're at garage sales and you were only willing to drop like a dollar or two here and mm -hmm. there and then thrift stores. Here. But then I don't know. I remember you, you telling me this is a few, I don't know, maybe one of our early podcasts, you're going, yeah. And I went to this place and I dropped a thousand dollars. I'm like, wow. Like what led you to that? I mean, part of it is building confidence, right? One, um, I'm, I try not to make decisions without, thinking them through and making sure that I'm making a wise decision, right? Okay. Um, I, of course, I make a, a ton of mistakes, but I try to make sure that when I'm making mistakes, it's it's when I can recover from. It's easy, you know, low-risk mistakes. Um, so I've made a ton of those with $1 to $5 purchases at garage sales and thrift stores, trying to learn the ropes, trying to learn what sells, what doesn't, what I need to be looking for. Um, I feel like that's knowledge. Like, it's worth doing that. Um, and then as I spent more time reselling and realizing, okay, there's profit to be made here. Um, as I spent more time um, researching on computers, like what's selling, what's not selling. Um, is this a viable platform to sell on? What What is selling on this platform? The more research I did, the more confident I was that, okay, I'm making a good decision. And that worst case scenario, I kind of, I do like the break even mark. Like what would it take for me to break even? How much work? What's the worst case scenario? If worst case scenario is I break even, then I look at it as I learned valuable lessons. Agreed. If if the worst case scenario is I lose my savings account, well, I probably am not going to take that risk right now, right? But if worst case scenario is I break even, hey, that's that's good for me. Um, 
And luckily, we've done better than that each time, right? So um, I feel making a big purchase like that, if you do the research, if you're confident that you're making a good choice, um, you know, it's it's worth it. And I do think that's part of growth, right? Because that was a big decision to say like, okay, from here I've got $20 that I can spend this weekend on garage sales or at garage sales and a small tote in the garage to now the entire garage and we're spending, you know, I'm I'm walking into garage sales now. I mean, I don't want to say how much money because I don't want to get you know robbed or mugged, right? <laughs> yeah. But but you know, I'm I take a lot of petty cash to garage sales, which is something I never thought I'd be doing. Um, and I'm spending you know over a thousand dollars at retail stores on on new with tag items, and it's and you've only been reselling for six months. Wow. Like you are moving fast. Like it took me. I would say probably three years till I started feeling that comfort level. Yeah, I, I feel like part of it too <clears throat> is how much was I able to learn? How many years of knowledge was I able to get from you and doing this podcast and other YouTubers and stuff, right? Years worth of information in just a couple of months. And of course, it's not all of the information. It's a refined certain portion of that information. But But I grew, I think, quickly because of that. And then also I feel when it comes to scaling, you've got two options, right? Option one is a little bit slowly over a long time, right? So inventory is slowly increasing little bit by little bit over years, which means your knowledge is increasing little bit by little bit over years or a lot in a short amount of time, right? So I'm going to try and get 500 items in my store in two months, right? What is it going to take to do that? How many items am I going to have to buy? And so I feel the only thing I'm sacrificing is some knowledge, right? Because there's something that comes from years of experience um, that I'm just not going to have. Um, but I do think I can build the pipeline quickly. And if I'm not making terrible decisions, then, you know, overall, I don't think I'll, I'll be losing money, maybe not making as much as I could, but. But you're definitely growing as a yeah. reseller. I mean, I, and I hear you. And I think the advantage that new resellers coming on board now have is that there's so many more resources. It's ridiculous. I mean, it is. It is. And, you know, we, we always get questions and we always appreciate the questions. But, you know, sometimes we kick it back, right? We go, hey, just go on YouTube. There's a lot of free content. Or go to this other reseller's YouTube channel or go to this podcast, right? Because we're not the only game in town and mm. we don't have all the knowledge. But there's so much, right? And if you want to sell on eBay, the stuff is out there. If you want to sell on Amazon, which to me, that's a phenomenon of the last two years. Mm. You know, if you want to sell on Poshmark, there's a lot out there. If you want to sell on Macari, there's stuff out there. I mean, it's out there. So I think one of the other signs of growing as a reseller is understanding that there's so much content for you to consume out there and taking advantage of that content. Yeah. And then part of that, too, is figuring out which content is most valuable, right? So, um you know, certain, you might be looking for specific knowledge or you might be wanting to learn about shoes. And so you find 10 different YouTubers that have videos about shoes. Maybe that's not their focus, but they have different stuff. So maybe you're focusing in like that. Maybe you're following specific YouTubers or podcasts and you're getting kind of a, a wide range of stuff. Um, but yeah, so you're going to have to spend some time researching what the best sources of information are too, right? So it comes down to you're putting in a lot of time up front um, on the learning portion, but then it starts to pay dividends as time goes. No, I agree. And, you know, it, it's interesting we talk about this, too, because I remember when I was first starting, like, 
there would be things I'd watch and I'm like, wow, like that's incredible, mm. right? Now I watch some things and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of, I'm at that level, mm. right? Or I, I actually, I would have done that differently, mm. right? And you start noticing that like, you know, everybody does things their own way and you start figuring things out. But, it, you know, part of that is your knowledge grows to a certain point. Like I'll never, I'll never forget, you know, go, I remember being at a Salvation Army one day. I forget what reason I was stuck there for like two hours. Hmm. And I don't remember. I was waiting for like somebody was at a doctor's appointment or something. Hmm. And I was trying to waste some time. I think, oh, maybe my tire was getting changed, whatever it was. And I remember going through that going, this is all junk. Like every single piece of items are junk. Hmm. And I remember looking at this old general electric, electric clock. And even that was junk. Hmm. <clears throat> And and then I also think about that same store, and I go, you know, a year later, I saw things completely different. Hmm. Right? I could walk in that same store, yeah, and granted, it's different merchandise, but I could always find something. Hmm. Right? So my thing is, if you're still walking into stores and not finding anything, I think there's room for growth. Yeah. Right? Would you say? No, absolutely. I think... Like I've we've talked about before, and and we've seen it with other people, right? Like they find a random cup or knickknack or something that's like really rare and unique, and it sells for a ridiculous amount of money, hundred dollars for this little thimble or something, right? You know, like yeah, that stuff is just laying everywhere in these stores. It's a matter of do you have the knowledge base? Do you have the foundation to know what you're looking for, and. If you've got the time and you're not finding anything, maybe like like Orlando said, that's a perfect opportunity for you to say, there's room for growth, right? Do I know every single label of men's clothing? Do I know every single label of women's clothing? Do I know every shoe brand? Do I know what's vintage versus what's not? What about electronics? What about, you know, there's so many things to do. And and part of that is, um, you know, expanding your territory. I don't know if I told you or not, I uh, I picked up a book scanner like, oh, that's right. You know, the only reason I knew that I wasn't stalking you, but I was on our YouTube channel and I just saw these like videos about FBA book scanning. I'm, uh, like, I'm not looking up those videos. Yeah. It has to be Mike. Yeah. Like, you know what? I Because I'm gated, right? We've talked about that. I'm pretty much gated on everything on Amazon. Um, but I want I want to get the feel for Amazon. I want to potentially get ungated by selling some stuff. Uh, and I love books. So I figured maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe the market is too difficult, already flooded. I, Amazon has changed from what I've gathered. Some of its, you know, model as far as pricing, but I, I want to try it. So I bought a, a one of the Bluetooth scanners that attaches to an old phone. See, this is where I'm not growing. Like, I just won't go there. Hey, but if you've got your, if if you're already full in an area, like don't don't take on more that's gonna cause you to fail. No, and already. I get that. I mean, I've done the book game. I never got a scanner, but I used to sell a lot of books. Mm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I spend most of my time now doing RA with toys and shoes and apparel. And see, I'd love to be there, but if I can't, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, so I've got to find, I got to find the road that works for me. And so maybe it's books, maybe it's not. Uh, but, you know, I spent $200 buying a scanner. Wow. I spent $30 for a one month subscription to the program that's that lets me do it without, you know, Wi-Fi or what anything program? like that. What program? Was it Scottify um, or? Yes, it's Scout yes, IQ or yeah, I think it's it was FBA formerly scan. FBA scan, okay. which I think is now um Scoutly or something like that. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm $230 into this and I'm just like, 
okay, let's go scan some books, right? I've got no idea. This is a huge risk for me, but <clears throat> but it's one of those things where it's like I've made enough money reselling that I know I'm going to recoup $230, no problem, right? Like I sold something the other day that made me a hundred bucks. So like I, as far as that goes, like I know that's fine. But that's growth. Like think about that. So one of the ways to determine if you're growing is do you have the capital mm. to branch out, right? To try different things. If you're still stuck, you know, making... You know, and maybe, and again, I want to say if, if you're okay with making a certain amount, then you got to look at how can I make that same amount with less work? Yes. Right. That's, yep. that's part of growth. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. But if you're doing the same old, same old, like that's where it gets tough. And mm. it seems to me like, well, I'm impressed. Like, and, and this is what I want to say about Mike is that. Mike is to me is one of those resellers that will make it. And, and I say that because if you want to be a reseller, you have to be willing to try things out on your own, mm. right? You have, instead of, you know, finding a reseller and contacting them, which there's nothing wrong with, but if that's how you're getting your information all the time, you're going to have a really hard time. But if you're willing to go out there and put in the YouTube hours and the podcast hours and going out in the field and, getting a scanner, like that is a sign of growth. So I want to encourage you that are new, like that's one way to do it. And I've seen Mike, like I never even talked to, I never even encouraged Mike to get an FBA, uh, to get a scanner. I probably would have discouraged him, but <laughs> you know, but he did. So how's it been so far? You know, um, two things I've kind of learned from that. Um, one is it is so much quicker, obviously, scanning with a scanner, but it's still a lot of work. I've only been to one one um, library and one thrift store just to kind of try it out. Uh, and I've only picked up like four books with pretty low profit margins. And I didn't scan everything because, you know, it's like still got to takes time to go through all of the, the sections. Um, but what I've kind of realized is like, OK, now I have to do the math, right? Part of growing, too, is the reflection of where am I at right now? So I'm spending $30 a month for the subscription. So that means profit, I need to bring in minimum $30 a month to pay for that subscription books I'm sending in. So then I got to figure out, well, how many books is that? How many hours is that to the break-even point? Now, how often, I'm going to have to do this for a couple months to figure out these numbers, right? How often am I going to be finding books that are going to bring in $100, right? Is that a rare thing? Does it happen often? So I feel like it's one of those things where I'm still in the infancy level, but I realize like, okay, this is a lot more work than I assumed to start with, which I feel like is probably a good habit to have is to always assume things are going to be a little bit harder than you think. That's growth. Again, that's self-awareness about what it takes to reason. Mm. Right? So if you're still in a place of going, man, this is so much work, like way more than anticipated, but you haven't kind of worked through that and adjusted to this is what it's going to take, mm. like there's room. Right. There's room to understand and come to kind of, I don't know, like just a place where there's a, I don't want to say maturity. That sounds mm. like and not, not the right word, but something to that effect. Mm. Right. Of like, hey, this is what it takes to get to that place. No, I think I think maturity is good because I mean, part <clears throat> of it's fiscal maturity and part of it is is just your um, your attitude. Right. Like understanding of the situation, because, I mean, you even talked about if it's not money that you're trying to make more of, it might be. Um, freeing up time or energies that you can, you know, spend more time with family. Um, those are all things that working through and recognizing that there's a cost to everything and, and 
learning how to do that cost benefit analysis, like what is it going to cost me? What am I going to gain? And sometimes you're giving up energy. Sometimes you're giving up money. Sometimes you're giving up time with family, right? Like you got to figure out what's the cost. What's the Are you giving up Fortnite? Yep. Yeah. Are you giving up TV shows, right? Something that's going to waste your time. It's a good thing 24 is not around. Yeah, you mentioned that before. I like 24. That was one of the shows that my dad and I watched like consistently. Nice. I think, so I know I feel like I've been talking a lot this episode, uh, but. Um, well, it's about your growth as a reseller. Okay. Oh, well, I'm going to ask about your growth too, but I want to drop a, a quote of the week here. Wait, no, th- it's only update episodes. No, it's every week. Oh, oh, I wonder okay. how many times I've got to tell you all right, this. All right, all right, all right. Go, go for it. Every week. Go for it. Get a quote. Go for it. It's like my thing. Otherwise, it'd be called quote of the every other week. Okay, you're right. You're right. Okay. But it's quote of the week. All right, so you quote win. of the week. Um, and again, this is an ish quote. It's it's probably pretty close to word for word, but not exactly. Um, but anyways, I heard this, and it's I, I feel pretty good. Um, attitude is equally as important to success as ability. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, like you can be able and capable, and maybe somebody is naturally more talented at something than you are. But if you don't have the right attitude about doing the work and putting it in, you're not going to be successful. 100%. And, okay, I'm going to get a little bit educational here for a moment. So there's this book out there called Grit, right? Did yep. I, did I Have you read it? I have, and, re- I have and, read it. Uh, you've read it. Okay. And it was written by this uh, researcher. Her name's Angela Duckworth. And what she did is she researched people that went to West Point. She researched people that were, like, in film. She researched athletes. She researched all kinds of people. And what she came to find out is that those that make it, those that go next level, it's not just about their talent. It's about their passion and perseverance. And that passion and perseverance count double of talent. Yep. Or something to that effect. Yeah, and not only that, but but they came at it with the mindset or the belief that um, IQ was going to be a large determiner of success in life. And what they discovered was IQ actually can be detrimental to success in life, that people with high IQs or high talent and ability in something often perform less in that area because success has been so easy for them that perseverance hasn't been something that they've developed and they don't have that attitude of, I need to work hard, I have to keep improving. I don't remember, but I'm sure that was in the book. Mm -hmm. It was in the book. I know, I read it years ago. But here's the thing. Here's the other one, that other thing that that came out of that for me. And I I remember having this conversation when I was reselling and I was an administrator because, you know, what's awesome about YouTube is that YouTube has definitely changed the game as to what it means to be successful, Hmm. right? Because, you know, back in the day, right, and we're educators, or I used to be one, and you're still an educator. Once an educator, always an educator. Okay, there you go. But, you know, the only way to be successful was, right, you finish high school, you go to college, you get your master's or whatever, and you yep. go find a job, right? And now all of that's changing, mm-hmm. right? And I I remember, you know, I, I saw a lot of YouTubers, and, you know, they, they, they didn't finish high school or they didn't finish college, but they're successful. Yep. Like, they're making it, and they're doing better than I am. They're doing mm-hmm. better than you are. Like. Yep. And and the skills that they they possess are are skills that you know they only come through persevering through things, yeah. right? It doesn't matter what books you read, it doesn't matter what classes you attend. It's about putting in that work, and that stuck out to me because one of the things that was discussed in this book was that you know the people that 
that were successful at things, it wasn't that they had that talent, that they put in the hours. So if, yeah. like, you put in, I think it was, like, 5,000 hours of practice playing chess, you could be a great chess player. If you put 5,000 hours of practice into playing a certain instrument, you could be a top-tier person playing that instrument. And I think the number they they actually say they've proven is, like, 10,000 to be an expert Was it 10,000? Yeah. Okay. And I think about that with reselling, right? A lot of people have achieved, I would say, that expert status in reselling because they've put in those thousands of hours, yep. right? And so, you know, I, I know there's some people that like, hey, they make it. Within a month, they go private label and they're doing really well, mm. right? But I would say that's not even close to the majority of people on reselling, no. right? Most of our, our people like you and me, right, that are just grinding and, and we're just, you know, we're building our businesses and it's going to take those hours. Yeah, and I, honestly, I don't think luck. I mean, people, you always hear the stories like the people who have the luck, right, where they, they, they hit it big, they were in the right spot at the right time, basically won the lotto type situations. Um, and I feel like for the most part, what I've noticed and, and from what I've seen other people explain is that those people, the, the success doesn't last for them, right? Like the luck thing happens for a while, but if they're not wise, if they're not, if they're not willing to work and hustle, it ends up going away. Like luck doesn't can only take you so far, and hard work will take you further any day of the week, right? Hundred percent of the time, working hard, putting in the hours, putting in the effort. Um, I mean, it's like that. It's like a slogan you see on a t-shirt, right? Like Another hard quote. It's not a. If it's a t-shirt quote, it doesn't count. Okay, all right. Just um, but yeah, like hard work. Hard work beats beats luck or talent any day. No, I agree. I agree. But that's part of the growth of the reseller. Like, no more making excuses, right? No no saying, hey, it's because it's so-and-so. Like, I see a lot. Oh, this is – these episodes get philosophical sometimes. And I'm not, I feel like it's our, our every other episode is, like, intense. But you know what I mean? Like, it's encouraging, I think. No, it's, it, we're just trying to be real. But, I, you know, you hear a lot like, hey – my sales aren't coming through because eBay changed this, mm -hmm. right? Or Amazon did this. And I agree. Like sometimes eBay messes things up for us. Mm -hmm. Amazon messes things up for us, right? But those that continually make sales, right, they adapt. Yep. Right? They adapt. figure it out, right? You you put in those extra hours to make it happen. So let's get back a little bit to the practical, right? Uh, if you're growing as a reseller, I think you have a better understanding of numbers. Mm. Right. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of YouTubers out there and, and resellers that are really good at numbers. I would say my weak point is numbers. Hmm. All right. Um, Has that improved with reselling or do you feel like that's holding you back? It's, it's kind of both. Um, you know, before it was kind of like, Hey, I buy something for 50. I mean, I, I, buy, I buy something for five and I sell it for 50. Like awesome. Right. And, but you know, I think as you grow as a reseller, you're like, okay, I bought something for five and I sold it for 50 and I spent an hour cleaning it and I put it together and I took the picture and then eBay took its fees, then PayPal took its fees, then I spent time shipping it and then this is how much shipping was and I shouldn't have done free shipping. So you begin to, you begin to think differently about mm -hmm. the numbers. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because initially, you know, I didn't look at my numbers, especially I would say with Amazon. Right, I could show you my Amazon app right now, and I could have multiple units for several hundred dollars. But you know, initially, like, yeah, you know, I remember I would show you those numbers, and you'd be yep. super impressed. 
Now, I would always tell Mike, like, uh, Mike, I'm only going to make probably a third of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gross. Ugh. And gross means it's going to be really gross what they do to it's it. It's even more gross on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But I say this because a lot of new sellers, I would say, go on IG and they see people that, you know, I sold 80 units for like $3,000, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, some of those numbers are probably incredible ROI, mm -hmm. right? But maybe some of them aren't. Yeah. Right? I mean, I could sell, you know, I, there's days I sell eight items for $1,000 or somebody sells 60 items for $1,000. Right? And my price point was far lower. So I look at these numbers and I'm just like, it's all good. Like, I don't need a show that I made this much money because I'm not, to me, I'm not worried about the numbers right mm -hmm. there because I already know my numbers and I have an understanding. Right. Does that make sense? No, it is. I mean, you got to understand your numbers. You have to understand what makes sense for you. Um, and I feel one of the things, as long as we're, we're kind of going with the encourage and realness of it, is compare yourself with yourself. And yep. Compare yourself to yourself. Right. Like, don't compare yourself to others. Um, I mean, you can, like I said, you have to aspire to something. You have to say, like, this is where I want to be. This is what it's going to take for me to get there. Uh, but don't, you got to compare yourself who you are today with who you were yesterday. Right. And all you have to do is 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 improve on who you were yesterday and you're constantly going to be moving forward like that. That that's it. Like if every day, every month. And if you don't know those numbers and I think that's kind of where you get into like the growth in those numbers. Honestly, like what I've learned being an educator going through school, like lots of schooling on how to do schooling. Right. Like that's the weird thing about teaching is is, is you, you keep going to school and it's class after class about how schooling and classes work. Right. So like. It's almost this weird meta thing that goes on there. And one of the things that that I've realized is you have to reflect. If you don't do reflection, if you're not thinking about where you were, um, you're never going to move forward because you might think you're improving. But if you don't have the numbers or the data to objectively look at and say, here's where I, I was at a month ago. Here's where I'm at today. Here's where I want to be a month from now. But if you're constantly just in this state of, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm making it. I think I'm improving. But if you don't know for sure, if you're not reflecting and checking, you're, you're going to get stuck in this limbo and potentially be getting worse without even realizing it. You know what? That's a great point because that kind of happened with me with eBay. Uh, you know, a while back, I remember I would have, you know, you know, these weeks where I, I'd be making five to ten thousand, right? And I, I'd be really pumped about that, and that's great. But I didn't pay attention to the weeks that I wasn't making close to that. Right. And so I, I'll never forget, like looking at my uh, seller hub and looking at my numbers for the year and going, wow, I'm making the same as I did last year. Right. I'm thinking I'm growing, but I wasn't paying attention to the fact that actually I'm not. Mm. Right. And then looking at, you know, you're saying compare yourself to yourself. And mm. I'd look at, you know, I would begin to look at sales comp this year compared to last year. Then I began to see that I was growing. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially with hiring a helper, like I really needed to pay attention to numbers. You know, I'm paying her a certain amount per hour. Right. So I have to make sure that all the items she's selling right, are making back that money and exponentially adding growth. Right. Right. And I have to look at that or else I'm just throwing money away. Exactly. Yep. Right. But I think part of growing as a reseller is recognizing that. And there's some awesome people out there that actually have it broken down. Right. I need to. You need to sell uh, 20 pairs of shoes for $20 a day over a certain amount of time to make this money. Mm. 
Right. I, my mind doesn't can't think that way, but it's good that other people can because it makes me think. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and it's one of those things too. It's like time spent. Um, one one thing that I kind of live by is I'll, I'll spend an hour every week going through what my week is going to look like. Like I will schedule out my week, trying to figure out like, okay, I need to leave in some time every day. So I'm I'm scheduling to try and make like 80% of my maximum capacity each day. So I have wiggle room in case things come up. So what are the 10 things I have to do this week? What are the 10 things I want to do this week? What are the 10 things that would be okay if I could get to? And I put them on the days and the times that I'm going to get them done. And I spend an hour every week doing that, right? Like that's an hour lost. But I've realized if I don't do that, if I don't spend that hour, I, I get maybe 10% of the stuff that I should be getting done that week done. But if I spend that one hour going through figuring out what I need to do that week, my productivity is is so much higher. It's unbelievable. And so I figure it's the same with like knowing your numbers, like spending an hour going back through and looking at your numbers and figuring out where you're at and if you're growing and what it's going to take to grow and where you're maybe letting some 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 spillage or leakage happen where you're not growing, you're actually losing the hour or two that you spend every month or however often you do to reflect is going to help improve you by so much that you're going to gain way more than that hour. No, I agree. I agree. And that this kind of leads to our next point is understanding how to move forward. Mm. Right. I'm thinking about Q4 right now. So, you know, by the time this episode drops, I think it's going to be the Wednesday before Black Friday. Mm. Right. And happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'll be at a line at Walmart, <laughs> ready to fight the crowds. Watch bring you some turkey. The mom elbows are the ones that are intense. Last year, I literally got clogged in the head a few times. It was pretty wild. It was fun, but it's it's fun. So, um, anyways, I, I say all that because you know I learned every Q four. Mm. Like you know, I told my story a few podcasts ago about how I learned how to bungee cord two cards together. Yep. Right. So I can make it through the store. That's pretty funny. I, I, that cracks me up, but something I learned. Uh, one of the things I learned too was that my car was not enough for mm-hmm. that period of time. Right. And, you know, part of the growth of the reseller was going, you know what? Thinking far ahead of that, I need to put in a rental for a vehicle. Mm. Right. And I need to make sure it's the right size and I need it over certain these days. Wow. That's intense. It is intense, like things I never have never thought about. I mean, I think about, let's just go three Q4s ago. Three Q4s ago, it was just like, hey, it's Black Friday. I'm going to see what I can get, mm. and then I'm going to flip, right? Then next year is like, I'm going to see how much I can get in this one day, mm. right? But then I was limited by the, I'll never forget. Like, it was, I think, Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. It was like 9.30, and literally my car, like the last piece was like at my head like right next to my head, and I couldn't fit any more in the car. Mm. And there was more stuff I could have bought. I just had to stop. You had no more room? I had no more room. You need to invest in like a a trailer that you pull behind your... No, I know, right? I thought about that. I'm just going van this year. Van. But, you know, I didn't have systems in place. Like I thought about, you know what? I should have all my boxes taped and ready to go. And it helped. So I remember going home, and all the boxes were ready to go. So I just scanned everything, prepped it, box ready, tape sealed. Next morning, as soon as UPS store opened, boom, dropped all the boxes off, back to stores again. Huh. Right? But it's one of those signs of growing. Like you understand what systems have to be in place at certain times of the year to be successful. Yep. And and part of that, I mean, I'm going to 
sound like a broken record here, but I think reflection is a big part of that, right? Like you had to reflect on what it, what what went well last year and what went poorly, right? Well, I ran out of room in my vehicle, so that's a problem I need to address next year. Yeah, and not only did I run out of room, but I also had a lot of items that got damaged in transport. Eesh. Right? So I've learned like, you know, to put boxes in there that I can put stuff already in boxes mm. <clears throat> so it's not going all over the place. And these are practical things, but... It's part of those ideas of moving forward as a reseller. Like even the small things, right, should be allowing you to grow. And if you're not taking the time to think about how are you growing, how are you doing things differently this year, what are your best practices, well, then you may be stunted. Yep. And then one thing I want to add there is with this idea of moving forward, um, I feel like it's one of the most cliche things that you hear on every, like, you know, motivational speaker self-help book or any of those things but i feel it's so true is this idea that if you don't have a goal if you don't have a plan like this is where i want to be you can't possibly move forward because you there's no direction like you have to have a direction and everybody's direction is going to be different for reselling right we've talked about it before but but maybe for you it's this is what i want to do full time Maybe for you, it's this is what I want to do in order to buy Disneyland tickets for my family, or this is what I want to do in order to, you know, pay off my student loans, or it's just fun and I want to be able to pay for another hobby that I'm into, right? Like, but if you don't have like the, this is the end goal, you can never reach it. You can never move forward because you're just going to be kind of stuck in this. I don't know, right? But so, I think I think that's part of growth as a reseller in the sense that it goes from. I'm going to buy Disneyland tickets. I'm going to make an extra 100 to 200 a week to this is how it's going to happen. Yep. And so start with a small goal, right? Like your goal might, like mine was I'm buying a drone, right? Like I need like an extra three or $400 this summer to buy this drone that I want because I already have some money saved up to, wow, new goal. I want to blank, right? And then new goal, new goal, right? So, so your goals can shift and change as time goes. And that's part of growth but you're never going to be moving towards anything if you don't have some idea of what you want. Like, write it down. Like, what, what's your first goal? Because maybe it changes by the time you reach it. Maybe you never buy that drone. But if you don't have a goal... Did you ever buy that drone? Nope. Are you, are you ever going to buy that drone? Um, maybe after I buy my first rental house. No, I'm only kidding. I probably will because I, I do... I don't think he's kidding. I do, I do like wedding videography and stuff like that. So it will be something that eventually I want. Um, it just hasn't been... It hasn't been necessary yet. I get that. But it's one of the, again, you're you're growing as a reseller, yep. right? You had these small goals like, hey, I'm going to buy this drone or I'm going to do this. And I remember for me, it was very basic. You know, it was like, I'm going to get Disneyland tickets mm-hmm. or I'm going to make sure that I can pay for family dinner every week. And if we want to go to Chili's every week and drop, you know, close to $100, it's all good. Like, no big deal. And then it went to... No, no, no. I actually want to build this amount of capital. So, you know, at this point in time, when Q4 hits, I'm good to go. Mm. Right. And the next one is I want to build this amount of capital because if I ever want to go private label or do wholesale, I can have that or amount. Or go full time. Or go, yeah. And full and the full time thing, like I always said, it was an, like, unexpected. Mm. I, I built that foundation, but it never was that goal. Right. Right. But I, you know, part of growing as a reseller was understanding if I needed to go full time, right. these are the things that had to happen, right? So I had to be real about the numbers. I had to be real about I needed to have make sure sh- make sure I had six months, you know, uh, savings if anything mm. were to happen, right? I had to make sure that I had enough inventory 
Uh, in Amazon, that if I ever got injured or I couldn't sell stuff right away, I could still sell stuff. I had to make sure that um, systems were in place where I had enough of a pipeline that, you know, if I couldn't source all the time, hey, I'm still making those sales, mm-hmm. right? That's long-term thinking about those numbers. It doesn't have to always be exact numbers, even though exact numbers are probably the best way to do it. Um, but it has to be about, you know, what is it going to take to be sustainable, mm-hmm. right? Um, going back real quick to exact numbers, I'll never forget um, Casey the Rockstar Flipper. He did something a, f- a few, uh, maybe a year or a half ago on YouTube. And I think uh, Ryan from Rally Roots also did something about you know, what's it take to make 100000 a year mm, mm-hmm. in reselling? And I remember, I think the number was like 180000 So think about it. You have to make 180000 and th- that's with a lot of things in play. Right. Right. I mean, it could be a lot more. Like, if you're doing Amazon, right, to make a hundred net, it could be 300000 yep. Right? It could be half a million. It could be a million, depending on what your margins are. Again, you got to look at those numbers. Mm. You got to understand those numbers. But... That that spoke to me because I had to understand, okay, my taxes, right? I had to be real about my taxes. I had to be real about my costs. I had to be real about, you know, how many items I need to sell a day, how many a month. Okay, and what about those peak months? I need to make sure I have these amount of sales so the slow months of summer aren't as affected, right? Mm-hmm. That's another way as an experienced reseller. I was even new you know, you're you're recognizing, hey, you're growing because you're coming to an understanding of these things. Right. So how are you feeling right now? Do you feel like you grew? I feel like I'm growing all the time. Yeah. And it's a good feeling. I do. And I would say this podcast has forced me to grow. That's good. Right? I That's mean, good because, like, obviously I'm gaining a ton out of it because, like, as the new – I mean, you grow so much more percentage-wise when you're new at anything, Right. Um, so the fact that you're getting something out of it too, and you've been doing this for a while is encouraging to me. And hopefully it means that some of the other experienced uh, resellers out there are able to get something too. So in a practical sense, so real quick, what are some of the things that are different now than were six months ago for you? Oh, that's ridiculous. It, I can't answer that. It's everything. Top right? five. Um, my entire garage is now uh, reselling. And it's not junk. And it's not junk. Okay. okay? Um. My wife is involved in it too. That's awesome. Um, we, gosh, I don't know. We have a business account now. Okay, like that's right. Yes, separate bank, bank account. account. That's good. Okay. Um, how many was that? Three, I think. Gosh, I don't know. I, you're on everything. different platforms. You started yeah, with eBay. Now you're on Poshmark. Um, expanding potentially out to more sourcing like crazy, spending thousands of dollars a month instead of $20 a month, right? Like, there's a lot has changed. There's growth, right? And I would say for myself, if I were to share my top five, for me, it's, you know, I think the biggest one was, you remember in the early podcast, like, my inventory was a big issue. Yep. Right? I was spending probably 20 to 30 minutes at the least whenever I sold a pair of shoes. Mm, just looking for it? Just looking for it, right? Think of all the time, like, I was stagnant as a reseller, and it wasn't until I did this podcast, I kept myself accountable to you mm. and other people in the reselling community that called me out on it that I got organized, right? And now it only takes me two minutes. Mm. Man, I've saved so much time, right? I've, I've, I've learned how to prep for Q4, right? Where, you know, two years ago, I was really hesitant. Last year, I purchased a lot more. This year, I'm like, okay, 
you can't outspend the velocity of spending. Mm. I mean, of sales, right? That was a huge lesson for me last year, right? And so that's giving me comfort. I'm like, hey, I can go big as long as I source right and I'll make that profit, right? And the other, other things is expanding to get a helper. Right? Yeah. It wasn't until this podcast where actually this podcast combined with going full-time that I can't scale unless I, I, I have somebody else to help me, mm. right? So I think a lot of these things come naturally, but some of these things you have to force. Like how about social media for you? It's huge. That's right. That's huge. a big growth. And it's, it's only because this podcast again, yeah. right? Like, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I wasn't on social media for 10 years until this past early July when we started doing Pierce Podcast, right? And through social media, like the amount of networking and knowledge I've gained, right, led to growth. So I would say with all this happening, like we all can grow, mm. right? New sellers, experienced resellers, like the possibilities are out there, but you always have to make sure, hey, are we growing as resellers? Right, That's good stuff. It is good stuff. So if you have any, wow, I, man, I feel I feel like charged and ready to go. Another philosophical happy episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Yeah, I should have I should have saved my grateful quote from last week for this week. Right, be grateful. That reminds me. I'm sure the meme has already been out like crazy this year. But like, there's a funny meme, um, or you know whatever it was, that only in America. Do people go out and spend thousands of dollars buying junk they don't need the day after saying how grateful they are for all the stuff they have? That's true. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, it's Thanksgiving. We're so grateful for everything we have. Now let's go buy more stuff. And be grateful for that. And be grateful. And as resellers, we're grateful that they are. Yes. We're, we're very grateful. We're hey, always make sure to contact us if you have any questions or you just want to drop by a DM on Instagram, Purosa Podcast. Twitter, Pure Cast. Call us 619-738-1170, especially for the conspiracy episode. Ooh. All right. And then on YouTube, subscribe if you haven't. Hit that like button. Comment below. Share with a friend. Tell a friend. Tag a friend. Yeah. And hey, if you want to just tag us and talk to us about how you've been growing as a reseller, uh, you know, whether it's from the beginning of this podcast or even over the last few years, what are some things? We'd love to see you out there just sharing because, again, the reselling community, the the part I love about it most is how we're all growing, right? Because we all have to grow and adapt, right? To be consistent in this market. So that be said, be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Please.